I that's like you. a neat little conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. We're done. We're done. We're done. Go so ahead. Good. I'll let you guys start. No, you're all good. Do your thing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Stop Stitching Podcast. Yes, I'm sir. Nathan. We got B-Rock in the building. As always, man. This week, once again, we have a tremendous guest. Um, Ed Deuce is in, is in the building. Uh, we'll give it a little round of applause here. Yeah, man. Um, Hello. Ed Deuce is, this is someone that I saw through B. I was like, who's this guy? Doing a lot of work. I was yeah. like, there's uh, checks are running up. It didn't matter. He was in the gym, basketball court, <laughs> fireman, out at his own crib. I was like, what's going on with this guy? Yeah. Brandon said, don't worry. I will be the plug. I'll make it happen. Nice. And now we are here. So yeah. welcome Ed Deuces to the podcast. Appreciate you guys having me here. By the way, like Ed Deuces, I never knew where that came from. My basketball number. 22. Oh, two twos, why, baby. So why 22, though? I don't think I ever asked So uh, my brother, uh, shoot, Hav had 21. Uh, I had 22. My brother Orlando had 23, and Jose was 24. Oh, man. That's all you my brothers. All your brothers, 22, 23, 24? Mm-hmm. So, like, so we were a baseball family. I'm pretty much the only one that actually went basketball full throttle. Okay. And um, Roberto Clemente was the guy. In our family, so yeah. Hop picked twenty one, and that was like a dad thing, like follow behind Pop's footsteps. Like he loves Roberto Clemente, we're gonna go with twenty one. Um, somehow Orlando's been oh, Orlando's birthday is December twenty third, so he's been number twenty three. And I was like, I wanted uh, number three when I got to Cayman Catholic, and they were like, No, taken. I'm like, so what's left? They're like thirty two or twenty two, and I was like, Ah, I'll take twenty two. <laughs> it just worked out perfectly yeah, like that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, he's he's just accelerating through his life story here so we're good ed to me with this i think this is one of brandon my favorite perspective because at this point whoever's coming on the podcast has some sort of connection to one of us right so from my perspective when i was first looking at your instagram page i was like okay so he either has 14 jobs or he's just multi-talented in all these different ways so correct me if i'm wrong which we can get into broad term Athletic trainer, strength and conditioning coach. Yes. Fair? Yes. Fireman? Yes. And then I've just realized all around handyman can basically <laughs> have someone or can do anything to some sort of property. So being uh, plugged in with the right people can get the job. You'll always oh. find a way to get the job done. Got to have uh, friends, bro. Yes. And luckily I've have, I have a very good circle. So I've... Did some renovations to the house in the last two years, and I've had somebody that's come in and helped me for, you know, I mean, the homie rate, which yeah. has been, which has been dope, <laughs> which is the rate we yeah, like, yeah, which yes, has been sir. really good. So, so how did uh, how'd you two connect? So Tyler Hines, um, friend is, of the podcast, yeah, is, <laughs> is is uh, I consider him my little bro. He calls me big bro, but uh, who's older? I am. Yeah. Are you really? Yeah, yeah. Jesus. How do you think I am? We'll play this game because oh, I love doing that. Fucking it. Yeah, no, it's good because it boosts How my ego. How old do I think you are? Yeah, yeah. This is going to boost my ego. Uh, I'm, I'm good with that. I don't, fuck. I don't think you're older than 28, 29. I love that. Yeah. Are you? Are you over? Th- you're 28? No, I'm 34. 34. <laughs> no way, bro. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. You young looking? <laughs> I got good genes yeah. in my family. Wait, my mom is, is Tyler? a stud. 30. 30. He's got to be 30, yeah. He's got to be 31. Yeah. yeah, bro, you're killing it. 34, no shot of a stand over 30. So I went to Cameron Catholic, and Kyle uh, came in with me 
at Cameron Catholic, at, and then after he transferred out. But um, got really close with Kyle. Uh, we played on, you know, a bunch of different basketball teams together. And Tyler was always around. You know what I mean? And yeah. But you're became, you're you're Kyle's class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're the same age. Okay. So um, I always kept the connection with the family, even when they went to Timber Creek. So we were we were always pretty close. Um, flash fast forward to my first job at Velocity. Mm-hmm. Tyler's playing overseas. Kyle's playing overseas, and they became one of like my first like big clients. So, um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So then, with them came all of Sickleville. Every mm-hmm. single one of them. It mm-hmm. was like the floodgates opened of all Timber Creek guys, and he was one of them. So, yeah, oh, so like, oh, this so, is like right around the time he so was playing it was baseball all, too. It was all parlayed. Oh, you were working with him during high school. Yeah, it was my last. Well, it was my well, last Rutgers. year at Rutgers. Oh, it was like 2017, 2018. He was oh, a that's stud. Dude. Oh, he was a stud. He was always in homers. Uh, Dude, I always triple crown, I, right, bro? I'm, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. Bro, I say you trained me. Though. Yeah, triple. Yeah. Say, oh, say that one more time. Oh yeah. So yeah. The year I was trained by Ed. <laughs> one more time. Bring that mic to the face. Yeah, hold on. Bring that back, DJ. <laughs> I mean, yeah, everything was pretty much through T, and um, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. The first workout ever at Explosive was terrible. Like, <laughs> I was like, cause it's a different kind of workout. It's like not lifting weights. It's like. Oh, well, people think they're in shape, and then they come yeah, in. Yeah, and like, then you oh. go there, and it's like, y'all don't want to go back. I yeah. think it was me, T, Jeff was there, maybe Mike Martin, Mike Martin was there. More like, than likely, yeah. And I was done, bro. Was like, OD All-Stars. Yeah. Everybody in the Yeah, game. but it's just like a – it's literally like performance. Like, it's about movement. It's about explosiveness. It's like weightlifting is such a small part of the workout. Yeah, it's definitely – there's yeah. a component – that's a component to it, but – you know, mobility, flexibility, uh, core stability, um, you know, f- force development, and then, yeah. you know, some kind of movement, and then and then you're lifting at the end. Yeah. So, and then there's the conditioning part. So, depending on what day you're, you know, you're working on. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Just thinking yeah, about I this think right my now. first day exactly. was like a circuit day. Yeah. Was, <laughs> Wait, bro, I want to hear about this. Can you break us down? Oh, my bad. We got to so, welcome him in. Official. I don't know if you watched it, but, you know, so when I counted three... You're going to tap. So you got your glass. Your well, is. your drink. You're going to tap, stop snitching, and then we're going to toast, bang, and then okay. So you're going to go one, two, three, we go bang, stop snitching, cheers, drink, right. and then All you're right. officially locked into the podcast. <laughs> right, we right. always delay this part far too right. long, but we're trying to wait. <laughs> All right, ready? One, two, three. Stop, stop snitching. snitching. Bam. Bam. Welcome in, bro. All right. So, yeah, first workout was like a circuit kind of jump. Like... Skill like it was on the skill mill. Then we had to do like burpees. Then we had to do something else, and I was gassed, bro. Like I, cause I had never done anything like that. But he also came in with Tyler, and yeah. Tyler says like the minute he walks in, he'll be like, "Ed, kill me today." And I that need was the it. point where Tyler it. was playing. Yeah, I like, need it. He was in playing sheep. So <laughs> he's like, "Bro, kill me." I'm like, "Yeah." Brandon's like, like, "No, no, no. <laughs> bring that down a little bit." From I'm there. telling you, the Heinz are a different beast. Like yeah. Tyler comes in and he's like, "Yo, I'm gonna run a quick two. And then you could put me through a workout. Like, who the hell says I'm going to run a quick two miles and then go oh, ahead and work out? I thought he's going to run two minutes. No. no, no, <laughs> no. Two miles? Yeah, <laughs> two miles. Yeah, he's quick two miles, apparently. You know, and I look over and I'm like, good? Are we ready to go? And yeah, go ahead. And then we start the workout. Ty is a different different kind of beast. Now, that, that's why I said when he was playing, yeah. this, yeah, is, this is different. Hold on. So for Because for people who have no idea who you are. Now, once again... 
you're coming on here. I'm sure, like you said, you're going to have the entirety of Sicklerville, every athlete in what probably majority of every high school in the region is going to tune into this to yeah. look at you. Okay, so no pressure for someone, <laughs> right. for someone else who's coming in to watch this. Like you, so from what I know, you go to Rowan. University, Glassboro, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Now, from the BCTV media productions, I can put together that you go to Rowan, you go to athletic training. Yeah. yeah. And then, so what happens from there? You find a happy medium in strength and conditioning? So I went in health and exercise science, concentration in athletic training. Um, first two years are like your gen eds and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, anatomies and, you know, your history classes, whatever, that dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. But then your second year, <laughs> after your second year, you have to apply to be specialized. Uh, that's where it got a little tricky for me there. So when I apply to be specialized, so that that's basically saying like, all right, come next year, you are in charge of a team. So you're going to be with wherever they place you and you're the head athlete training student. So you'll have like an accredited uh, certified instructor oh. and um, you have uh, – you, you're, you're the you're the go-to person. So you're there with the teams. You're stretching them. You're taping them. You're at a, all, all the practices, all the games, traveling with them and all that stuff. So it beca- that became a little tricky for me because I also played basketball at Rowan. So in specialization, you need four rotations. Because basketball started in the fall and finished in the spring, when I, I got my rotations, I got a half a rotation. So it took me a whole other year and a half to finish my degree that would have taken me four. So when I got in, they were like, quit basketball. I'm like, no. They're like, but you're not going to get done on pace with your class. And I'm like, okay. Like, I came here to play basketball. So when I was picking my schools, I went through like a list, checkoff list. Like, does this school give me X, Y, and Z or whatever? And then I narrowed it everything down to Rowan. And pretty much the two top priorities were um, athlete training and then basketball. Can mm-hmm. I play there? So it was like between like two other schools, um, Arcadia, Stockton, and Rowan. And Rowan was like a happy medium, is kind of close to home, but not that close. Mm-hmm. So I'm from Camden. Um, and I went there. And then, like I said, I my last rotation was probably the most beneficial one. And that's the one that I was speaking to you before uh, when I was at Glassboro. And that um, ACI. Danielle, she basically, you know, was like, Ed, what do you want to do? Because at this point right now, I was fed up with athletic training. I, I did not want to do it. I spine boarded a kid at Pittman one time, and I, it was nerve-wracking. I hated it. I hated waiting to see if a kid got hurt that day. You know what I mean? Like it was. So was that you didn't like the athletic training because it was so stressful in the moment? Yeah, like, it was like, so basically you get there, you have like a rush of kids come in, they need to be taped, they need to be stretched, they need treatment, they need to, they do all this stuff. So it's like a hectic two hours, they go out to practice, and then you're sitting on a, on a um, one of those on little a golf, cart? golf carts or whatever, waiting <laughs> yeah. for somebody to either get hurt, you yeah. know what I mean, or yeah. need, you know, whatever your services needed to be rendered for that day. And um, a lot of times, so when I worked at Pittman, they, had, they were so low um, numbers for every sport that kids were, had so many different injuries. And it was just one after another, Jesus. after another. You're and then you have coaches. A bunch of people just yeah, dying everywhere. You have coaches yelling at you like, yo, when's this kid available? And I'm like, this kid is limping still. Like, he can't <laughs> go back to play. Like, so it just, I don't know, it just wasn't for me. And like I said, it was uh, Pittman. Um, I forget, it might have been Pittman Eastern and uh, 
two kids went helmet to helmet. We had to spine board that kid. And he ended up being fine. But that very moment, I'm sitting there shaking. And I see my hands. I'm like, damn, dude, like, I don't like this. Yeah. And um, I knew then that it wasn't for me. So that rotation's over. And I go to Glassboro. And I, this lady had an amazing personality where the last one that I had before that was very dry. Uh, she told me that the way that I ha- I developed relationships with the athletes were going to be, it was, it was going to be the death of me, basically. She was like, you will not be successful in this field because you get too attached to them. You're too friendly with them. Mm-hmm. They love you too much, and um, mm-hmm. they're not going to respect you. And, you know, flash forward to where I'm at right now, I think that's the one of the biggest reasons why I am successful with my kids is because they I was know say, I that care. That seems like some pretty shitty advice. Yeah, <laughs> they know I care. Yeah. Like, I really do care about these kids. So, well, especially at the high school level, like yeah, this is at, like, like wrong. That's oh yeah. Wrong. But I think <laughs> like, I think a little bit, yeah. a, a little bit of that had to play with you know her living situation and where she was right. in her life. So you know, she projected that. On oh her. yeah, yeah. And maybe she'd never actually seen an athletic trainer. Yeah. Connect with. Kids I just think like that, that she was just not liked so much that she saw yeah. that I was liked and she was like, yeah. nah, it's not gonna work. <laughs> That's for impossible. Yeah, that it was like happen. it's almost like she threw a red flag at at me. Yeah. Um, but whatever, you know, um, I go to Glassboro and this lady and me click, she is funny, you know, down to earth. So, um, you know, I have, yeah, uh, Danielle, uh, Capasso, Danielle Williams. Uh, she is the reason why, yeah, the reason why I am who I am right now is because I started over there. Um, when I was at Pittman, my high school coach's son was the basketball coach there. Um, he would talk to that ACI and be like, yo, let it practice so he could beat up the kids or whatever and and she looked at it like whatever and then she would let me because you know she didn't want to disappoint this coach at glassboro uh danny was like go play with them yeah they'll love it you know what i mean and i'm like i'm technically at work and i'm hooping you know what i mean (laughs) like it's like the best of both worlds for me i'm getting paid to trash you right now yeah Yeah, first of all i wasn't getting paid but uh we're getting a degree though yeah Yeah, Yeah, you know i'm required to be here and um i get to hoop so it's it's dope so i i developed a lot of relationships with those kids and some of them right now still you know i'm still in touch with so which is you know it's, it's crazy to think about the longevity of these kind of friendships or whatever that i develop with them so, uh, yeah, I get there and she's like, Ed, what do you want to do? You don't want to be an athlete trainer. What in this field do you like doing? So when kids would come back and they were, they, we knew what the injury was and all right, here's the plan of attack to get them back on the field. Um, I excelled in that portion. And, um, when it came to strength and conditioning, that's where, you know, my attention was always there. Um, so she was like, all right, let's Google strength and conditioning in South Jersey. Uh, Velocity Sports Performance was the first thing that came up. She wrote my cover letter. She wrote my resume, and she sent it out. Uh, Within two hours, I think the owner of Velocity um, responded back to me. Within a month, I had my interview with him. Wow. And then um, I get hired from them. My head guy there is who I'm working with right now at Explosive. So Trey Tolliver was my my ACI for my last rotation at Rowan and they, they use that so I can graduate. And, um, then I worked at velocity for six years and went away from Trey for Trey and velocity. I was on my own and then we reconnected and, and he started explosive and then was like, yo, come through. I need you. Mm. And then, um, that's where we're at <laughs> that's right amazing. now. So what do you classify yourself as? Cause it's like, 
<clears throat> I don't want to say trainer because people get sensitive. Oh yeah, like, don't oh for sure. Da, 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 da. Like so, like if you were to put it on a resume, like what would you say? Your I say job is? strength and conditioning specialist. Mm, yeah. Okay. So look, so it's funny because I train um, uh, physician assistant. If you call her a nurse, she gets really pissed right. off. And trainers do the same thing. They're like, I, t- I got a four-year degree. You're not yeah. going to tell me I'm just, I, I'm a trainer. Like, I just got a certification yeah. over the weekend. You know what I mean? Like, so, I, I mean, I don't really get into that. I'm just like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a thing. It's like. Oh, it's a, tr- sorry. So, like, a trainer so is like a broad know. thing. Like, you could. You could oh, a trainer, a trainer is, is like a certification. Thing. Yeah, like, you can get, you could be a trainer right now. Take a class over the weekend, <laughs> okay. and then, boom, you're a certified trainer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or you don't have to. You just kind of do it. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Listen, th- like, that stuff pops up every day. Like, there's new okay. new people training. But a strength and, and conditioning like coach means you went to school for this. Yeah. I so, have a degree yeah, in yeah, specializing exactly. in maximizing your body. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I had to ask. Because yeah. it's just like, I know it's a thing. Because it's like if people, like, uh, people know I do stuff with the camera. So, like, oh, yeah, you take pictures. I'm like, no. Like, you're a photographer. Yeah. Like, people just <laughs> right. say that, and yeah. it hurts my soul because I'm like, no. Yeah. No, <laughs> I do a lot. Not see the yeah, like, I got a lot. Do you not see the IG? Do you not see, like, you know, but it's, like, understandable because people, like, some people are just ignorant. So, I might just call you a trainer, oh, but we know that's that. not what you're doing. It's <laughs> right. different. But. I want to get back to that part because, you know, it was good that you ended off with explosives. We'll get back to it. But the other job title that you have is a firefighter. And I actually think that's the most important one. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, I know it kind of ran in your family. So kind of take us through, like, your journey into becoming a firefighter. So initially I did not want to be a fireman at all. Uh, My brother is now on his 23rd year, if I'm correct. Um, so he has two more years and he's not, he's out of here. He's older brother. Yeah. Is yeah. Orlando. Yeah. Orlando. Uh, he is 49. Please don't butcher me. Oh, I'm sorry. 49. I want to say it's 49. Yeah. So he, uh, got in first and he had a, a slew of jobs beforehand. He was, so you think I had a lot of jobs. Orlando had more. So he was like, he worked at Campbell's as a security guard. He worked at the aquarium. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, he, he was nuts, man. Free he, suit. He had so much. Um, that he was, you know, he had his hands in or whatever. And then the fire department came in, in a play. And um, it got to a point my freshman year where he was like, they're hiring now. They haven't hired in a long time. Uh, you should put your application in. And I was like, I'm hooping. I'm, there's no way in hell I'm doing this. So my other brother. Freshman year of college? Yeah. He hits you up to get into this yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. Because he was like, listen, it, it's a, it, it really is a life-changing job. And had I done that then, man, I'd. Yeah. I'd, I'd be, I yeah. would probably be done in 10 more years, yeah. which is nuts to say you that you're like retired. You mean like a pension? Yeah, like 25 years, you're out, you get a full pension, like, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, there's so many perks to be. Very nice. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. it's dope, it's yeah. dope. Um, so I did not take the advice. I wanted a hoop. Um, my other brother, Javier, he's a year older than me. He's at Rowan as well. He's playing baseball at Rowan. Uh, he hates school. So he drops out, even with the whole baseball thing, or whatever. It just he did not want to be in school, or whatever, and it wasn't his thing. He gets in the fire department at 20 years old, so he could retire at 45. Jeez. It so was, but it was beautiful because like he applied, got in right away, right. So now when I go to apply, it's I'm like 26 years old. Go through the list, three years, that list expires. I have to reapply again, go through that list. It you takes, have to wait three years? Yeah, that list is good for three years. And then if they don't hire off of it, you got to go through the whole process again. With the written, the physical, the psych test, 
all that stuff. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. There's a lot going into. I it. don't know anything about what it takes to be a firefighter. Okay. So how do you become? How do you become a firefighter? So you, civil service, uh, you have to go to the civil service website, apply, right? They'll send you a letter, whatever. They'll give you a date for uh, a written test. They take that written test. Uh, What's the written test on? So it's like it's almost like if you think of like an Iowa, Iowa test. Um, I went What's to Catholic that? school, so you probably what is, what is Ooh, the public schools? Timber at? Creek, yeah, twenty thirteen. Uh, what maybe? kind of standardized <laughs> testing did oh, you yeah. guys oh, have? Oh 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 oh, jeez, oh, yeah. that's yeah. tough. Okay. Think bro. of like the SATs. <laughs> then. All right, so yeah, yeah, okay, so okay, okay, like okay, similar, okay. similar, similar. Hespa. Like, yeah, there's the Hespa. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I definitely took one of those. Okay, definitely took something. If not, Timber Creek. Yeah, I was gonna say it's over. So you take like a standardized test, and a lot of it is like math, basic reading, and then there's. Some kind of fireman questions in there, but it's like general knowledge. If you read a section, you answer some questions. It's basically... Um, to make sure you are idiot-proof prior to coming into this. Yes. You can do basic math, reading. Yes. Yeah. So Okay, cause and know, effect. So there's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you know, what, uh, you know, there's X amount of hose from point A to point B. Like, th- this is the, the next point it needs to be. To, how many feet of hose do you need to get to that? Like, stuff like that. Whatever. It's, it's, I was going to say, there's X amount of hose that lives. Yeah. You need to get from ho- A to yeah. hose B. People like, yeah, I'll yeah. take that test. Yeah. I should have specified that one. I should have specified that one. I, I, that one, so I messed okay. that one up. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and then there, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of maps. What's the best route to get to, at, you know, this place or whatever. Um... So you take that test. They they rank you. So when I took it, they ranked you, um, and you got a score out of that. You took the physical test, which was like an obstacle course. Um, when I took it, luckily it was pass fail. So you had up to five minutes to complete it, and if you as long as you got it under five minutes, you were good. Um, now was it hard? Was it like for yeah, me? Talk about the obstacle test. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I, I want to know. Is for it me, fun. I don't even want to tell you what I what I did. So when we took the practice one in Camden, Wait, I was cheated? number one. No, I killed oh, that. Oh, I was about to say, bro, you on the yeah. podcast. You talk your first shit right all, now. First of all, I killed that. I was number one in all the um, in all the little practice uh, yeah. scenarios or whatever. I don't know. So it's a county-wise test. So there's 3,000 people applying for it, and they just get ranked in their counties, in different counties. So I got like oh, Camden. Shoot. I got Pensalkin, Voorhees, or whatever. And whatever sends you a letter, you could go anywhere. But um, – yeah, I killed that test. So my brother's like, don't rush. Is it like the TikTok? It's like you running up a wall and so jumping over so in mud, all right, so barrel climbing like and a, shit? You'll take like a hose, you'll drag it uh, a certain amount of feet, you'll come back, you'll drag a dummy, you'll go to a fire hydrant, you'll 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 screw on the cap, you'll pull um, a pulley system all the way up. Um, the worst part of it, is when you throw the high-rise pack on your back, which is like 100 pounds, you have to go over. So it's three steps going up, a landing, three steps going down. You have to go over and back six times. And like, it doesn't sound like it's crazy, but throw 100 pounds on your back, and six that's in the times. middle. Yeah, that's in the middle of the of the, the whole course. Man, your calves are killing you. And then right after that, you put the high-rise pack down, you drag another dead body, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, oh it's, all, types of, it's all types of stuff like that. Um, it, it's fun, you know what I'm saying? And for a guy like me, um, luckily, because I was in shape, I, I killed that. So, they, so then they'll take your written and then your, your physical, and they'll give you, a, you know, like an average of that or whatever. So then they rank you. Um, 
and then depending on how many they're hiring, they could certify, like say they're gonna hire 10 people, they'll still send out 50 letters because then they go through the background check, then you go through a psych test and people just, you know, they'll have tickets, unpaid tickets, you're okay. off. Right. You know what I mean? Like stupid right. stuff like that yeah. can disqualify right. you. Um, and then if you're lucky enough to get on, you go to uh, the medical stuff, so they'll, you know, check your lungs, check your heart, all that stuff like that. And then if you're lucky enough to get all the way through that part, you start the, you start the academy. Yeah, that was from, dope, man. Though. But from like applying to getting the offer, how long does that take? Is that six months? Uh, damn, yeah, yeah, about about six months. So like when they're about to hire, the process goes really fast. If they're not hiring, man, that thing drags. That thing drags. And I so got you're all waiting for a vacancy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Okay. I can't tell you how many times I almost quit a job because I people were telling me like, oh, they're about to hire. So I'm like, I'm like this close. I was working at a Life at Lords at one point. I was um, patient transport, so I had like a bunch of oh, yeah. senior citizens that I would take to their appointments mm-hmm. and take them back. And there's like a center that they go and they they get their food, their prescriptions. And um, I hated that job. God, I hated that <laughs> job. I hated that job. I hated my boss. And they told me they were like, Ed, they're hiring. You're gonna get a letter soon. And I'm telling you that this guy was such a jerk. I almost took my name tag off and was like. F you, I'm out of here. And I'm glad I didn't do it because Thank I didn't God. hire for another like four months. So yeah. So um, since my brother and all other firemen worked at this job, they swore they had like the in. They knew when it was going to happen. So they're all giving me this information. So I'm all pumped up like, man, I'm about to quit this thing. What? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm about to go to the promised land and it didn't happen right away. So that was a little, you know, bump in the road or whatever. Jeez. But luckily I'm, I'm here now. So yeah. Man. That, yeah. I, I had no idea. That sounds like you're going into like uh, state police or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, our academy was in the same spot as the police academy or whatever, but it wasn't It wasn't super hard. Actually, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, the hardest part about the academy was balancing explosive and the academy. So I would have to be at the academy at like 6, 6.30, uh, roll call at like 7, and then I'd be there till 5 o'clock, like, you know, doing like... Uh, burn building stuff or whatever, um, vehicle extrication stuff, and then try and train a couple people before nine o'clock-ish. So I'd be, get there like six to nine, train as many people as I could, go home, do my homework. Luckily, my fiance was there like ironing my clothes, washing yeah. my stuff, getting everything ready, Shout typing stuff Allie. for me. Oh yeah, Allie's Shout out goat. to every woman who's there yeah. just trying Allie's to support their man. How yeah. much time we got on this job? We got at least a, a couple minutes oh, left. Cool. Yeah. All right. Talk to me about the psych test, bro. The psych test. Oh. Because that's a thing that's going on. Obviously, all these police killings are happening, right? Mm-hmm. So when you were describing, like, I asked you to describe the course because it's like, it's almost like anybody can get in, You're which is laugh. a problem. Like, and when are real, you a crazy motherfucker or not? <laughs> like, when <laughs> real, are, wait, wait until I tell you these questions. When You're going to laugh. Like, oh, you got real, oh, you know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to know these When questions. real, like, issues happen and... People aren't qualified. It's an mm-hmm. issue because then oh, it yeah, results absolutely. in people getting killed. So, like, what is the firefighter psych test? And like, You're is not it even... hard? Is it easy? Like, what so I'm gonna tell you this right now. I failed it. Damn. Yeah, I failed it. So I ended up having to appeal the process. Went to this one lawyer, paid him a grip of money yeah. to get him to appeal it, and they pretty much, you know, um, they this they're afraid of this lawyer like in the city of Camden. So they were like, all right, he's good. But during that period, that, that time period, 
So I go to the test. There's like uh, 300 questions. And they're like those, those questions that like all the ones that you, you get at any job, like, do you think it's immoral to steal? And then they'll ask you that 50 questions down the line and they'll, they'll just reword it. And they're looking for consistency. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So like then at any given point of that, he could pull, there's a guy that interviews you and you're sitting across the table from him and he'll ask you a bunch of questions. So I'll tell you what, what happened to me, which is a, a very funny story. So I'll never forget this guy. His name was uh, something Tannenbaum. He, Damn. yeah, listen, <laughs> listen. So I'm telling you, this My day people. was, this day <laughs> was crazy, right? This day was crazy for me. So I already knew I was going to Duke, North Carolina in New York afterwards. They were playing at the Barclay Center. Right. So it's snowing that day. Uh, as we're walking back to go sit in the room for interview, uh, to, to get my interview, uh, his wife calls. She just crashed, uh, rear-ended a kid oh. at UPenn, and he is screaming at her. So they're arguing, they're arguing, whatever. Um, we sit down to, he gets off the phone. We sit down. These questions, man. You went in on you. Oh, man. All right, so I'll give you uh, a little dark secret of myself. Uh, so I got a DUI at Rowan. I got two DUIs at Rowan. So I was a little bit of a wild child while I was out there. But so now that's 11 years from when this happened. And uh, I'll start with the, the, the smaller questions. So how do you feel about Tom Brady winning all these Super Bowls? I go... Well, sir, I'm a North Carolina basketball fan. I really could care less about that uh, football. Cool. All right. How do you feel about Al-Qaeda? Do you want to kill them all? And I was like, well, I, I'm signing up for this job to save people. I have no desire to kill anybody, right? Apparently, that wasn't a patriotic um, quite, uh, answer enough, right? Yeah. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> what? That was the um, wrong answer? Oh, my God. Okay. Who do you love more? Can I keep going? Yeah, yeah, keep going. Who do you love more, your mother or your father? What? They yeah. really asked you that? And, bro, how the hell do you answer that? So I have a great rapport with my dad, so I said my father, right? Um, there's no right answer to that. Later on, he'll ask me, uh, you're responding to a burning building, and it's your parents' house. Who do you save? And I go, my mother, but you love your father more. And I'm like, wow. my dad is a Torres man. He's going to get out. He's going to have the best chance to get out, but you love your father more. So then he goes, so you're DUI. Do you still currently drink? And I'm like, occasionally. But well, you had a DUI. Why do you drink? I'm like, damn, dude. Like, damn. When you drink, what do you drink? And I was like, I'll have a beer. But you had a DUI. Why do you still drink? And like, he paused in the middle of these questions, right? Before the DUI questions. And he got on the phone again with his wife. Yeah. Yelled at her, whatever, whatever. Bang. Hung up on her. Now we're going on to the DUI questions. So when you have these beers, how many do you have? I'm like, no more than one. Uh, no more than two, uh, but if I do have more than two, my, my fiance drives. At the time, she's my girlfriend, mm -hmm. so my girlfriend drives. But you had a DUI, why do you drink? How many times a month do you drink? And I'm like, one. But you had a DUI, why do you drink? And I'm like, dude, I'm 30 years old right now, bro. Like, stop. Jeez. So he could, uh, I think he, what their job is to see uh, how you react yeah, yeah. to certain things. Yeah. And I, oh, man, I, I must have failed that job <laughs> because of that. Because he was starting to irk me. I'm like, bro, why are you asking me these questions? Right, like, right. you know, and then so I ended, I ended with, I go, sir, since that, um, that date, I haven't had any run-ins with the law. No tickets, not a parking ticket or anything. Um, I started my own business. I run a basketball league on my own. Well, I had a partner. I, I run a basketball league. Um. I've been clean slate. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm a model citizen. 
and that was 11 years ago when I was in college. So, uh, you know, that person that, you know, you could see on paper is not who I am today. And I thought, I left, and I was like, that was terrible. My brother's like, it's only a formality. Don't worry about it. And then all my buddies were getting their, like, medical things to move on to the next step, and I didn't get it. And I'm like, what? So I ended up having to appeal it. Luckily, I won it, and they put me in the academy, like, two weeks after. Freaking Tanner. Ain't my name Tanner Bob sucks, bro. <laughs> he got fired. Yeah, he Did he really? Yeah. Actually, yeah. The city no longer uses him. So... I was not the only person that used him, uh, w- appealed him. So it's like probably like 12 other people. So yeah, he had a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, so speaking of Tannenbaum, um, talk to us about your experience um, taking the psych test. Cause like I was saying, um, it's, been a, it's been a question that a lot of people have, especially with like everything that's going on with cop killings or cops killing people and mm-hmm. people want to know like you know who are these people that are supposed to be like patrolling like, how did they get to that yeah, like how did they get it so like talk to us about your experience with your psych test all right so uh that day was pretty uh was was filled so i was set to go to duke unc later on that night at the barclay center uh it's snowing um you go in, you're all decked out in suits and stuff like that. Most of us were. Some people came in wearing some FUBU, which was kind of funny. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, you go in, there's like a 300-question uh, packet, and they ask you a bunch of questions, and they reword them uh, so that they could find like some kind of Consistency. Consistency. So uh, they'll ask you something like, do you find stealing immoral? And then they'll reword that, and they'll try to see if you answer the same way or whatever, right? During that time period, you can get called back by the guy. He sits in front of you, um, across from a table or whatever, and he'll ask you a bunch of questions, and it goes pretty crazy. So my story, my personal story, was was a little wild. So um, as we're walking back, he gets a phone call from his wife, wife um says that she rear-ended someone in front of upenn and he's arguing with her about where to get the car towed to blah 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 whatever so he's pissed off you could tell he's in a bad mood he sits in front of me and the slew of questions that i get after that were ridiculous so tom brady how do you feel about him winning all these super bowls i'm like sir i don't care i'm a north carolina basketball fan so like whatever (laughs) And, um, is that really the question he opens yeah, up with? Yeah. And then uh, Al Qaeda. Do you want to kill them all? Like, uh, and I like, how do you answer that question? So I'm like, uh, I signed up for this job to potentially save people. Blah blah blah. Whatever. So no, I don't want to kill anybody. Apparently that wasn't patriotic enough or whatever. I should have said, yo, let's get them all. Oh, like he, he probably would have <laughs> loved me. Let's go, brother. Um, but no. So. Uh, then the the more weird questions uh, started coming, and it was like, uh, who do you love more, your mother or your father? And I'm like, I love them both. That's not an option. My dad. Okay. Right? And then you respond to a fire at your parents' house. Who do you save? I'm like, my mom. But you love your father more. Yeah, but my dad is a Torres man. He's going to have the best chance to get out of there. And he's like, but you love your father more. And I'm like... Dude, like, you're a dick. Like, <laughs> dude, come on, man. Like, help me out here. You know, 
I just want to be a fireman. So uh, it goes on. He gets a f- another phone call from the wife, gets into it with her, and it comes back to me. So now we're talking about my DUIs. So that's my little dark secret. Ed Torres uh, had two DUIs at Rowan. I was a little bit of a wild child. So whatever. Um, so do you still drink? I'm 30 years old at this point. You know what I mean? I'm legal. Um, yes, I do. But you had a DUI. Why do you still drink? And I'm like, come on, man. And um, how often do you drink? One or two times a month. But you had a DUI. Why do you still drink? Like, come on, man. All right. So when you drink, what do you drink? Vodka, beer, whatever. And I'm like, I, I'll have beer. But you had a DUI. Why do you drink? And I'm like, dude. And I'm like, now he, my blood pressure's starting to build. Like, I'm getting pissed off. Like, yeah. like the Camden in, in me is starting to come out. I'm like, what's up with you, bro? Like, um, and then it's like, so when you do drink your beer, how many do you have? I'm like, no more than two. If I have two, then my girlfriend, my now fiance, will drive. But you had a DUI. Why do you drink? So I'm like, damn near like beating my hands on the, the table. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So I leave there. On my way to the Duke UNC game, I'm calling my brother. Ah, man, I don't know. I don't feel good about this one. He's like, dude, it's only a formality. You're fine. And I'm like, all right, fine. So um, my best friend, uh, Angelo, he's also on the list with me. He took the test same day as me. We we went through the whole process pretty much hand in hand. And uh, he gets his medical. So that means they're like, yo, Saturday, I have to go get my lungs checked, my heart checked, blah, 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 and all that stuff. And he said, the academy starts on Monday. I'm like, Monday? Damn. Damn, that's it, best. Yeah, it's like a week from now. And I'm like, well, it's probably going to come. So I, every day I'm at the gym, I go home, I'm like, and I'm living at my parents' house at the time. So I'm like, mom, did I get anything? No. Mom, did I get anything? No. So my brother is working. Um, he's on shift. He goes to City Hall for me. He goes to director of personnel or whatever. And he's like, so my brother hasn't gotten anything. And they're saying the academy's about to start on Monday. She's like, well, if your brother didn't get anything, he's it's probably bad. not. Right? Damn. So I'm, I'm, now I'm like heartbroken. So she's like, you, you better tell your brother to appeal right away. So they get me to this guy, Greg Zeff. He's, um, I, I want to say it's out of Malton. But so I go to him, give him a gang of money. Um, he goes and he fights the process. So I ask him <laughs> and, and I say, like, yeah, go bro, read this. At that time, I didn't have But at anything. this point, do you know that you failed? Yeah, I mean, well, they basically tell me that if I, if I didn't get anything at this point, then yes, yeah. you failed. Okay. So uh, I hadn't gotten a physical letter yet that said that I failed. So, um, so I talk to the lawyer or whatever, and I go, how long is this appeal process going to go? And he's like, you're probably going to go four months, maybe, going through this process or whatever, but you'll be in the next academy. Don't worry about it. So at that Sheesh, time... My man's confident. Bro, but listen, <laughs> he do, apparently he doesn't lose, right? So I'm like, all right, so I got to wait another four months. So I had an opportunity to go play basketball in Mexico. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go. And then, uh, so I tell the lady I'm going to go, and she's like, all right, bet, you're going to go. We're going to get this, all the tickets and everything ready for you. Um, then, literally, the day after, I get a call from Lisa Pacone, who's de- director of personnel. She's like, uh, are you still interested in, in the job of the fire department? And I'm like, is that a serious question? Like, yes, absolutely. She's like, well, go get your drug test on Saturday. You'll be at, at, a, at the academy on Monday. Yeah. So I called that same lady back that was talking about basketball, and I'm like, I am not going. This is a career changer. You know what I'm saying? So I I got into the fire department. And luckily, you know, I was, I I think I still am the only fireman 
that won their appeal process and didn't have to wait a whole academy mm. and got into the next academy. You know what I'm saying? Damn. So I got lucky on that regard. So you so. history. I guess, yeah. Man, I'll tell you what. If I didn't get into the fire department, I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. Because, like, yeah, yeah, I was training people or whatever, but, like, uh, the fire department brought, like, stability, and I needed it. You know what I mean? Like, I was getting older. Um, it just was something that it really put me in the right direction. So everything that I'm doing right now with explosive and everything outside of that, had I not gotten in the fire department, I would not be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so talk to us about now at this point, you've explained how you became a firefighter. You've already talked about how you got so explosive. So now you're doing both at the same time. So kind of talk about how hard that is one. And then like, how do you balance the two? I think uh, the hardest is giving people consistency as far as like my time. So uh, the way the fire, de fire department is set up, you work one 24 hour shift, well at least Camden's. Uh, you work one 24 hour shift, you're off three days in a row, right? In those days you could be up for, you know, overtime or whatever, but um, those three days I'm usually locked in at the gym. Um, so it rotates. So if I work a Monday, Friday, the following week, I work a Tuesday, Saturday. The following week, I work a Wednesday, Sunday. So when I give people my schedule, I have to give them like the printout. Like, you know, here's this color-coded schedule. All the red days are my fire department days. So those days are no-go. Um, you could schedule any other. It's tough because kids have practices that are like every, every Tuesday, Thursday, we have practice. I may not be available on those days. So that, that makes it tough. But luckily, I literally have the best clients in the world where they're like, I haven't ran into a problem where people are like, well, Ed, you're not available for me as much as you, I need you to be. I'm out of here. You know what I mean? I'm going to go find somebody else. So I think that's where my um, uh, relationships that I build with these, guys, these kids or whatever and these people, um, my adult population or whatever, where they're like, we'll be flexible around you. And I'm telling you, I've been blessed to have th those kind of clients. I've had zero run-ins where somebody was like, well, all right, I'm out of here. I got to go somewhere else because mm. you're not available. That's impressive. Yeah. That is very impressive. It's been nuts. From, so when you're, when you're in it, yeah, I was going to say, take a drink, Jesus. <laughs> giving us some fucking night content, boy. <laughs> the, anything that I ever see on Instagram, it seems like, me me personally, I, I think of it that way. I'm like, hey, I would love to come to something like this and yeah. like have you train me and get me to the next level, like even as a normal person. Yeah. But well, I have a lot of like regular, you know, just yeah, general just population regular people fitness. who want to do it. But for these kids who come to you and they want to take it to the to the next level, it seems like it really is like pushing yourself to the ultimate limit. I mean, and I know that Brandon is an incredible videographer. He doesn't like it. Photographer, whatever. Media company mm -hmm. where he can portray that image. Uh, he's but, the best in the business. But I know that at the end of the day, he's only shining light on the reality of a situation. Something that's really happening. In I will say this, though. B made me look like a stud in one of my basketball <laughs> videos. And I think I had eight points in there. So I look, I look phenomenal. Hey, he makes this look fucking incredible. I'm just saying. He too. made me look like a stud. And I was like, damn, that, that's what I look like in that game. And I'm like, like I'm, I'm pretty sure I struggled. And uh, that was the only highlights that I actually had. He captured all of them. <laughs> But I was like, I appreciate you, and we're gonna fake the funk for Instagram oh, right now. But but at the end of the day, is it a lot of 
um, like from what I hear from Brandon, right? Is it a lot of word of mouth? Like you work oh. with one kid on one team and they're excelling and yeah. then they say, who are you working with? And you go from there. Yeah, absolutely. The beginning of my uh, career, it was pretty much all word of mouth. They don't really advertise for you at these you know, facilities. They'll advertise for the facility, but not specifically Ed Torres. You know, um, no one really talks about it or no one talked about it, but Trey Tolliver was the number one velocity trainer in the country. There's like 42 velocities at the time, but they only spoke about velocity. He was the entity that made velocity in Cherry Hill great and they, you know, kind of shortchanged him a little bit. So that's why Explosive came about because he literally put in all the legwork and literally he just removed himself from velocity and put himself on his own, you know, terms. So Explosive is Trey Tolliver's yeah, business. Yeah. You are a trainer at Explosive. I'm just, I'm rocking with, I'm rocking with Explosive. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, for me, my, you know, personal clients or whatever, I'll start with one kid and then... They'll tell another one, well, one of my teammates want to come with me. All right, cool. And then it went from there. I luckily went to Camden Catholic with uh, a good friend of mine. Her name is Katie Lee. And she runs an All-American All, Amer uh, all -American AIM lacrosse um, team. So there's Is that how all the lacrosse girls got? Dude, all of those I'm lacrosse not, girls. I don't mean this in the weird way. When I look at the page, I'm like, who? Where are all these lacrosse so girls? So first of all, <laughs> I'm, I'm, looking at them, I'm like, yo. Do you have every lacrosse female player yeah. in the fucking state coming? So between this between place? me and Trey though, we do have like if you looked at what came. That's up, hardcore, bro. Yeah, lacrosse is hardcore. Also, there's like a South Jersey's player to watch list or whatever. Between me and Trey, pretty much every one of those girls train an explosive. You know what I'm saying? Which is dope, man. Absolutely. It's like it's it's been a great year. Um, it's the facility itself is amazing. He bears no expense to get the best stuff available. So there's no reason to not go there. You know what I mean? Um, and then, you know, you also get like the whole family atmosphere in there. So people come in and it's like, whether you're with me or with Trey, we're all talking to each other. And people, you know, they interact with Trey's clients, will interact with mine or whatever. And most of those kids know each other. They're playing each other at some point of the year. You know what I mean? But like, we're all in one spot. So that's why the last video that B did for me, I made sure everybody wore the straight out of explosive shirt. So they were, um, those were dope. Yeah. Oh man, it was fire video. So we had them, um, it was almost like their send off workout to their season. Um, most of those girls will still come in and work out during the season. They're pretty committed. Almost every one of those girls. No, actually every one of those girls are D one commits. So they're, they're still coming in at least two times a week to train or whatever, but you know, bro, put it this way. They see me on the street. I'm not squaring up. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, they're all deadlifting like something <laughs> yeah, bro, crazy. Like yeah. People, I don't yeah, care, man still, or woman, especially yeah. them. But yeah, I'm saying, I'm like, oh, nah. Like yeah. I see them on that curved. Uh, oh, the curved treadmill, treadmill yeah, 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 thing yeah, yeah. running still and middle. listen. I'm like, yeah. nah, I'm I'm good on oh, that. Oh man, like, I'm telling you that the fact that they these girls come in and they they start at this point. They go all the way, you know, to where they're at right now. It's, it's nuts, yeah, to see their progress. And that's literally why I do it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not doing it to become a millionaire. That's not Yeah. It's not a reality. Um, and honestly, I probably could just not train people at all and, and just live off my fire department. I would have to live amongst my means or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, I do, I do train people because, I, you know, I love doing what I'm doing. And um, 
I, I tried to make this work for such a long time where I was like, well, I got to get into the fire department to be able to do this and, you know, do both of them. And I'll, I'll be able to have the best of the both worlds. Um, and luckily it's turned out that way. It's, there's been a lot of, um, a lot of tough years where I started off with not many clients and to where we're at right now, it's, it's not. And I will say that you put a, his twist onto any of your pages people are going to look, you know what yeah, I mean? The B, it's the BC effect, I promise you. <laughs> so it's like, we already have like the best, I think, best gym in South Jersey, right? Yeah. So with all the equipment and things that we have going on in there, best gym in South Jersey, all people need to do is see it. So through through his videos and then the word of mouth after that, it's, it's really been, you know, blossoming and it, it's good, so... Now, like, so we did our soul extent thing, right? Mm -hmm. And basically what it was was basically the same thing, maybe a little more in depth. Um, I want you to, like, but my favorite part of it was when you broke down, like, how hard it is to go from working a 24-hour shift to then having to be on your A game as a strength and conditioning performance coach for these kids who are depending on you because you're trying to get into college, like, Talk about how hard that is. I'll tell you what. No, every kid will will come in and see me, and they'll look and they'll be like, "Damn, you had a rough one last night." And like, you know, it it's just it comes with the territory. But um, yeah, I mean, first of all, sleep outside of your house in any circumstance, you're probably not getting the best quality sleep. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I'm at a firehouse. You I'm know. glad you said that because that's the first thing I think of is yeah. like, if I was gonna respond to a tragedy. And I'm not in my own bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. There's no way, bro. There's no way I'm 100% the way that I would normally it's, sleep. It's like one of those things where, uh, for at least for me, you know, everybody's different. Some people can get into that deep sleep or whatever, uh, but not I can't. Like, I literally, I'm in one of the busiest companies in the city. So, like, I'm literally, uh, like, laying down, close my eyes, and I like, feel like, like something's coming, something's coming. It, and it may not come. But in my head, I'm like, there's going to be a call. There's no way I'm going to get to sleep all the way through the night. Um, And then, you know, say I have like two of those calls, you know, and and we're not even talking about having like a fire, but I have two of those calls broken up sleep in the middle of the night and then going to work. I'm there usually by 830. I get relieved at seven. I'm at the gym by 830. I mean, it's 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 it is a grind. Um, And that's why, like, you know, I try my hardest to always be energetic and, you know, try to be my you know, my normal self, because people, if you don't see me, you know, energized or whatever, you're going to, you're going to know, you know what I mean? So I try my hardest. There are some days where it's harder than others. You throw a fire in, I may cancel people in the morning. You know what I mean? Like it just, it is what it is. Like sometimes it's just, your body gets beat up Mm -hmm. and you need the, you need the nap. So, um, like I may cancel the morning and then come in in the afternoon. Yeah. But the, the thought process of like being on call 24 hours, like, for regular people, are you, that just means you're there at the firehouse, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. at the end of the day, you're just there. Anything you're on happen, call, yeah. anything happens. Mm-hmm. Cause you're saying like a fire, mm-hmm. but I think of it as like, okay, there's a car accident, Gas a calls. really, really, really bad car accident. Yeah. And there's like seven fire trucks mm-hmm. and you're like, why is the fire department here? Yeah. Well, so you're at something like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So my company is considered a specialty company. So, like, we could do vehicle extrication. And this and is like Camden, that. New Jersey mm-hmm. Fire Company. Okay. Yeah. So, like, you know, say someone's trapped in, in the in the car or whatever. So, they'll call, like, the rescue, 
Oh which is you're the guys who got to pull them out of the car. Yeah. So well, well, there'll be rescue. Usually, are predominantly there first, and then the squad. We assist the rescue, and sometimes the rescue could be on another call, and then the squad is the number one guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, it just it just depends. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it it. it could be one of those calls it could be a fire it could be like a really big one it could be nothing you know what i mean it could be a false alarm um it's it's not like one of those things that like typical firemen like i'm talking to you on a podcast about what we do you know what i mean like the real like real hardcore firemen will not speak of this at all you know what i mean like they don't it's almost like the military type thing where it's like you're not you're not you're not doing it for the pat on the back type thing and so like oh so they oh they're quiet about it yeah unless they don't speak about it because it's like they're just you're, like you're trying to this glorify. is our job you know what I'm saying oh, yeah this is our job we don't need a cookie for her. you know what I mean like doing what we're supposed oh to be God, doing man. yeah no 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 there it's it, there's a a lot of like great men that I work with that are um, you know responsible for a lot of amazing uh, feats and they're it's you know to them it's like. No, I did what I was supposed to do. It's my, it's my job. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it's not normal, though. Yeah, oh, I mean, to you guys, normal, it won't bro. be normal, right? To you guys, it won't be normal. But, like like I said, like, my brother's company is a, is a really, really good uh, rescue company. And some of those firemen, they like, the way that they, they've explained it to me when I got on, if there was a draft, like, my brother would go in, like, a top five. You know what I mean? And then the guys that he works with would also be in that top five. You know what I'm saying? But, like, you look at them, they're the most humble human beings ever. And they're not going to talk to you about what they do on a regular basis at the fire department. Like, their reputation speaks for themselves. They don't usually do that for the pat on the back. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy how, like, that, that atmosphere it is. So, like, sometimes, like, you'll – I'll talk about something like that in, in these kind of settings. And, like, I get nervous that, like, some of, the, like, the OG guys are going to be like – you ain't do shit yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> you haven't done anything. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just starting. But So, at the end of the day, is there any sport? I know you love basketball. Mm-hmm. Is basketball the hardest sport to strength and condition toward? Uh, I don't want to say it's the hardest sport, but it's the hardest population, in my opinion. Everyone, if you're going to train a football player, they're definitely going to want to lift. If you're going to train a lacrosse player, you can convince them that they have to lift. Uh, but basketball players seem to predominantly think that at some point lifting is going to mess up their shot. It kills yeah. me. You know what I mean? Like, Is that true? You feel like that? No. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Jordan proved that. Yeah. He was like, I'm getting Jordan beat up by the lifting. Pistons. Yeah. Go ahead and put me through it. If it messes up my shot, I'm done with this. And it never messed up a shot. Like, he just got better. Well, I think you don't want to become a bodybuilder. Oh, but hell no. Lift. But listen, man. Look at my build. I'm in the gym all the time. I don't get yeah. overly big. Like it's yeah. because like I train kind of like I'm still playing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I'm not trying to be a big right. big person. I still if I can't play basketball, I, I feel like I'm slowly dying. Mm. So like I'm not gonna train to be. You know, my cousin is a is a bodybuilder and he is freaking huge. You know my cousin. Yeah. I could never train the way that he trains because he trains to be the Incredible Hulk. I want to look like a basketball player. Yeah. So let me ask you this. If you're me, right, and do me a favor and say, like, okay, if the diet is out of the question, mm-hmm. what can a normal person do to get themselves to a higher physical level overall? Uh, so we're outside of the diet. I mean... A normal person, regular day, what can you do? 
man, it it really isn't much, man. It's consistency. But like, you gotta move, man. You gotta you gotta you have to continue to do the things like your bot. Like when you're born, you're a, like a baby is an incredible squatter. You know what I'm saying? And as you get older, you start losing these, you know, flexibility, mobility, and things like that. And like, that is our our fault. Like we should be working towards continue to restore mobility, restore flexibility, maintain strength and things like that. Like you should not, it should not be like every, I'll get this a lot. It would be like, Oh, well I can't do that exercise cause it hurts my knee. Like that's not the case. It should never be this exercise hurts my knee. You, your body should be set up correctly at this point. You've put them yourself through the right range of motion, stability stuff, you know, you should be able to do any exercise. There's no such thing as a wrong exercise. It's a poorly executed exercise mm-hmm. or a body that's not ready to do that exercise. So, you know, I, w- I would say like, you know, as funny as it sounds, I was so against like yoga, like when I was younger. I'm not saying that I do it now, but I'm not against it anymore because now I'm, I'm a little bit more educated. And I know that there is a great big benefit to that. But, you know, if you're not looking to be a big bodybuilder, you need to move more. You need to you know, full body exercises, like, and just be consistent, keep yourself accountable and do something every day. You know what I mean? Just move every day. Yeah. So that's just like the toughest thing to break to people that are like, Oh, I saw this uh, waist trainer that works. Like, mm. Really? <laughs> Is it the waist trainer that works or the fact that you put that waist trainer on and you stopped eating bur- cheeseburgers? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> because you're like, well, why would I eat this cheeseburger? I got this waist trainer on. No, you know, I, I think that that's super fair. Like, a lot of people we talk to, well, I thought you were younger than you are, so you're not. Yeah. Like, like, Ten years younger, you talk to so many young men, young women, where it's like, all right, you're out of college. You still probably have those weekend tendencies where mm-hmm. you're doing whatever you're doing, which is totally fine. Yeah. But having that like parlay into the week, even for me, like very recently, I'm just like, you know what? If I just watched everything that I did yeah. Monday through Friday. And that comes down to, like, just not eating Doritos at lunch every single day. Like, the little stuff incrementally. And I I joke about it, but, like, a Coke Zero. Like, just just monitoring even the little bit. Like, there's no sugar in this. I'm just trying to do better. I'm eating a pretzel instead of a Snickers bar. Like, something like that. You'd be surprised. When I'm on top of it, it, I'm not going to lie. It does. It makes me feel better going forward. And I do. I feel it. In my body every single week. Do you uh, do you follow The Rock on Instagram? <laughs> no, but it's only because it makes me feel bad. Right. When I All see right, but him. you think it would make you feel bad, but he is probably one of the craziest specimens, right? He posts these epic cheat meals. You know what I mean? And they're they're nuts. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen these. Just go ahead and Google his epic cheat meals and just give me and, an example. What is it? Is oh man, he'll like pies of pizza. Oh my god, stack like of his cake, stack of sauce. Yeah, like, it's like, nuts. Crazy. But like, so Ice for a guy cream. like that, right? He's so regimented that he can still have one of those days, and that that goes for us too. Like, I would never tell anybody that you have to stay by a strict diet, like. Again, unless you're getting on stage and like competing, like some body physique thing or whatever, you know, we're human, man. Like you can, you can enjoy your life a little bit. So as long as you stay disciplined and like, so for example, um, Monday through Friday, I eat really healthy. And the hardest, the hardest time for me to eat healthy, honestly, is at the firehouse because we can eat so good. 
you know what I mean? Yeah, we, you, you see my, my post, like some the fireman TikTok is real. Uh, if, I don't know anything about TikTok, but <laughs> if it's like right. the crazy like meals or whatever, right. like, there are some Spaghetti and meatballs and just yeah. crazy yeah. steak and potatoes yeah. and like these giant meals. No, it's like that. Yeah, it's like that. So, uh, it's the hardest for me to not go get a second plate or whatever. Um, me and my, me and my boy Angelo, we try to keep ourselves accountable. Like, yo, that's a lot of bread right there, bro. Like, put that down. And like, he jokes with me, like, yo, don't go into that snack cabinet. There's M and M's over there, and I know you want them. But like, it's you know Monday through Friday, I'm trying to be good with that. And then you know I cheat on a, on a Saturday, and I try to get back on it on a Sunday, or not be as bad on a Sunday, and then get right back on it again. And like I said, I'm not trying to be like some freaking model or anything like that yeah. i just i want to be healthier and uh you know still look good but yeah. i think it's about portion sizes too oh yeah like man you could eat throughout the day but it can't just be like pounds of food like i'll tell you let's break it down the most simplest form right you have like if you're gonna compose your meal you know you got your chicken breast or fish or something like that steak you have a handful of carbs and as much uh veggies as you could put on there you know what i mean like it's it's it, it could be as simple as that like you know i know i know people are crazy on counting like macros and stuff like that but like you know i work out every morning you know i try to stay consistent with the uh every morning workout and eating you know somewhat good every day uh, monday through friday and then saturday i'll have my cheat meal and then i'm hooping like three to four times a week like yeah. i'm not i'm not trying to be you know i don't want to look at my my lady and be like, yeah, we can't have that pizza. No, yeah. no. Like, God. you know what I mean? I want to yeah, live hard, life play a little hard. bit. Yeah. 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 Live life a little bit. Um, so. I was going to say, and this podcast is on a Saturday night. Yeah. So cheers. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, I, I think that that's, that's the most important part is like, whenever I see people like working really hard on their body, being really, really, really particular in what they're eating, I'm just like, dude, yeah. There's got to be a moment where you want to eat like Panda Express. I don't a, lie to me where you don't want to eat a large I, chicken chill. <laughs> like, like, don't lie to me about that, bro. So my uh, guy I consider my older brother, uh, he had a neighbor. So he's in the, the military. So I go up to Fort Dix to see him. And uh, his neighbor was like one of those fitness competitors. And he... Uh, my, my buddy is a freaking crazy chef. Like, I'm telling mm. you, he would hook some some meals up. And we'd go there, and he would show up with his little chicken breast and, like, this little thing of rice or whatever. And then he would come to our plates and be like, just let me smell it. I'm like, that's the worst freaking, like, yeah. what kind of life is that? And he would, like, smell, like, the burgers and be like, oh, God. I'm like, dude, yeah, that's sickening, that. man. What? Yeah. Who the that's hell wants to live torture. like that? I mean, I know, like, there's people like Chris Paul in the league who... He, I think he just went vegan completely, or he may just do it during the season. Like some people just have their things. Yeah, to each his own, man. I get it. But it's just like, nah, I don't know. I could. Is it necessary? Absolutely not. Yeah, it's Absolutely just, not. it depends on what you're feeling, man. But it's like I just say, like you can eat whatever, but like it's just about your portion sizes. Yeah. And then it's about like you don't want to eat too late at night either. I think like as far as the, the portion size is definitely a big thing. Um, the timing of what you eat, I I believe they they dispelled that as oh, like a okay, myth. Cool. Yeah, um, he's like, I'm a late night yeah, person. Yeah. I'm about to go eat something right now. Yes, sir. I'm Got just, that meatloaf you know on, I mean? baby. So, um, I'm just 
for me, it's like, man, stay consistent in the gym. Give yourself like that one day to to be human. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and and enjoy yourself. Because at the end of the day, like we live once, and so you're gonna live. You're gonna walk around and be like, man, I was super healthy, but I died at like, you know what I mean, fifty with no life yeah, experiences yeah, and yeah. no good food. And you're what? Hey man, man, I was I was just talking about that, and uh, yeah, we talked about that on a podcast very recently. I was like. If I hear someone dies at 51, yeah. 60 years old even, it's like, dude, you you're, you're like so it. young. You're not living your life. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that that's that's not what it can be about. Like, yeah. you got to be able to have But those we're moments. programmed to think that, like, the best time of our life is, like, 20 to 30. That is so much, uh, like, that's such a false narrative. Yep. Because at 30, I feel like I was more financially stable. I could do more. Mm-hmm. I think my 30s were way cooler so far than my 20s. 20s. You know what I mean? I could do so much more. So it's like, you're, I, I'll try to talk to like my um, clients that are in that age, that age group, like 20 to 30 or whatever. And I'm like, yo, don't, don't get Mm -hmm. down on yourself. Like most people don't figure it out yet. You know what I mean? Like it takes a little bit time. I'm telling you, I can specifically remember punching my steering wheel in my front of my house with my fian- my now fiance, um, and the and I'm just like I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I'm 27 years old. Like I think like life is over. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then boom, life happens, and then you're you know I'm here where I'm at right now. It's like, you know, if you are programmed to look at Instagram every day and think that everybody at at this age group right now should be house kids, you know, a great job and stuff like that, you you're in that's like a trap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you we'll start comparing yourself to other people's journeys and it's like, man, it the best part of my life started at 30. Damn. Yeah. Well, that's when you get like the most clarity because you've been through so much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the best part of my job is yeah. being able to like kind of kick it with them like that but like, yo, chill. Don't beat yourself up, man. You'll be all right. Well, I always got to ask you like, and I think this is like a great, a great question to like just end everything on because it's like, even in our episode, like the premise of the episode was like you're you're a hero, but you're a different type of hero because you help people in the community through firefighting, but you also help your clients like feel good about themselves. Yeah. Like it's not just training; it's like I've seen it. Like they're like family. Like yeah. you oh, know, yeah. like you support them. They can come to you with everything. You know, so it's not much of a question. You've seen that firsthand when yeah, people like bend my ear or whatever, and I'm, like, I'm you know. And I think that you have like purpose. Like the th- the two things that you do like directly align with each other because. It's all about helping people at the end of the day. Yeah. On the firefighting side, you got a lot of, like, you're the youngest there. So you get, like, a lot of the OG wisdom, but then you bring that to, like, yeah. the, you know, strength and conditioning stuff where you got a lot of kids in college and high school who need to hear that stuff. Yeah. You know I'm I mean? telling you, I think that's the most fun part about it is that, like, I'll look at them and I'll, I'll, I'll hear them, like, unload these problems and I'm like, Hold on, man. I, I got something for that, man. Yeah. Look, this is what happened to me at this point, and like everything is gonna be okay. Yeah. Trust me, it's gonna be good. You're you're gonna make it out of this one. And like I don't think people realize how much stuff they got going on for themselves. Like, you know, you're looking at this small uh, problem that you have right now, but you have no idea how many crazy blessings you have otherwise. So it's like, you know, kind of remind them about that. It's like, yo, don't worry about that. This is a a now problem. 
it's not going to be, you know, something that's going to sustain itself. So just, you know, keep pushing and, and doing what you're doing, whatever, you're going to be fine. I think, um, I think that's definitely uh, the, the one thing that I could say that I do uh, is, is uh, give them a little bit more insight. You know, me being 34 and not 28. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have, I've been around the block a little bit, I guess I could say. Um, but I, I've had people, you know, my brother's damn near 50. So he's, he's done the same thing to me and brought me along. And the people that he's working with are doing the same thing. So they'll see me. If I'm messing up on the fire ground, they come and yell at me. You know, they'll get in my ass and they'll tell me, yo, you need to be doing this. And this is where you went wrong or whatever. And it's like, it's just like a sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you take that with you and you'll do it better the next time. And then you talk to these kids and be like, look, you messed up right here. It's fine. You you know, you'll come across this problem again. You'll do better the next time. You're, you'll be all right. Don't worry. I like that as the, uh, I like that as the name of this episode. You're going to be fine. You'll be fine, man. You'll be fine, man. I know, man. You just, you gave us everything. We appreciate you for coming out, man. Kicking it with us. Absolutely. You let us know, like, like, I just want people to know, like, you're a hero, bro. Like, I know you don't. Thank you. Thank you you for coming out. It's like, bro, you, you like, you literally risk your life every day. Well, when you're at the fire Mm -hmm. department, you risk your life. Like, you had 14 runs the other night. Yeah. You probably didn't get any sleep. But then you, like, still bring energy to, like, all your clients. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not easy. So if anybody could take anything away, it's just, like, nothing's impossible. But it's, like, when you have a good heart, like, you're always going to be successful. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't let anybody tell you you can't do something, yeah. man. That's that's the crazy part. You'll be – you. if you really want it, man, you got it. Everything's available for you. And we just want to thank you for coming on. Yeah, bro. Thank you, bro. Appreciate thank it. you for listening to the Stop Snitching Podcast. Yes, Nathan B Rock, follow at Ed Deuces, Ed Deuces on uh, Instagram. Is yes, that sir. the main plug you yep. want to pull? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I got, man. Thirty-four years old. We thought I was gonna put a TikTok out there. I thought he was eighteen, bro. Thank you for following, subscribing, liking. Thank you for tuning in, as always. And until next time, appreciate you, brother. Oh man. Oh, stop snitching. Stop snitching. <laughs> I, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs>